Well, good morning. I, I know that we're fewer in numbers, so you have to be, uh, you have to compensate and be extra louder. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so we're, we're talking about uh, in this series, returning to our roots, and in that we're talking specifically about the book of Acts and the early church and the blueprint that God gives us from the early church of how to implement it in our life and in the life of the body, the, the body of Christ and the church. And I really had been praying about this and I was going to kind of like dive into verses and different things, but I, I felt like that I wanted to, and the Holy Spirit leading me to establish this foundation about the book of Acts. Now, the book of Acts means, a lot of people say, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, or the Acts of the Apostles through or by or in, enabled by the Holy Spirit. But the foundation to the book of Acts and the foundation to the early church was that the early church knew how to pray. They, they, they were praying, a praying church. And in Acts chapter 1, uh, it, it talks about that they were on the Mount of Olives and Jesus, you know, he teaches them for 40 days uh, about the things pertaining to the kingdom of God in Acts chapter 1. He said that Jesus began to do and to teach. And, and one of the things that I love, years ago someone had said this to me, is we want Jesus, or the Holy Spirit even, to teach us and then do us. But really what God does is he does us and then teaches us what he just did to us. And so uh, it's that process of, of being submitted to God and trusting the Lord. And one of the things that I realized is why did God do us before he teaches what he did to us is because we got to trust him. And, and it's in that place of trust that God brings about his power, his favor, and his results in our lives. And I, I am really excited about this message because uh, I know that when we talk about, oh, he's going to teach on prayer, you know, about prayer again. But the reality is I really believe that God is shaking the church and bringing us back to the importance and the foundation of prayer in our lives individually and corporately, and that it's, that will be the vehicle, that'll be the catalyst, if you would, that will spark revival among us and, and in America. And so at the end of Acts chapter 1, we see that Jesus ascends, and then they come down off Mount Olive in Acts chapter 1 verse 12, and they return to the upper room. The upper room, if you've been, they, at least they think they know where it's at there in Jerusalem. You know, I've been there. And uh, it, it's the same place where they had the Last Supper. And, and so it was the place where Jesus broke bread and, you know, uh, brought the revelation of who Judas was. And all of, uh, you see that story. But later now, they go back to that same location in the upper room. And they're, what are they doing? They're seeking God. They're waiting for the Holy Spirit. They don't know what that, you know, they didn't know what he was going to show up and look like. They didn't know what that meant, but they were praying and seeking God. And I, I love verse 14. It says, all of these, and it gives a list of all the, the 12 disciples, 11 disciples, and they're about ready to add one, uh, Matthias, and that they, all the disciples, a whole bunch of other people, it even tells us in Acts chapter 1, there ends up being 120 and Jesus' um, mother was there, and other women were there, women, and, and they are, they're seeking and praying God, and seeking God. 
We know that the word Pentecost that's in the next chapter is the number 50. So Jesus taught for 40 days. So that left 10 days to the day of uh, of Pentecost. So this was a 10-day prayer meeting. Say that with me. A 10-day prayer meeting. And they sought the Lord and and they were praying. And in Verse 14, it says, these were continually devoting themselves with one mind to prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. They devoted themselves to prayer. Now, I really, I, I, you know, uh, I don't know if I can, like, if I could, like, pull your head off and, no, I'm not, just shove this in to your life is this reality is that the very first thing that they did that became the catalyst of everything else that was established in the early church is they devoted themselves to prayer. And we as the church in America, we have devoted ourselves to a lot of things. You know, good deeds, nothing wrong. We need to do good deeds, right? We devote ourselves to programs and men's groups and women's groups and children's classes and youth groups and, you know, got to have the music right and all these things. None of those things are wrong. They're all great. But they all are built on this foundation that there was a people, that there is a people who have devoted themselves to prayer. And I really believe that God is trying to shake us to bring us back to this focus that we are above everything else to be a place that seeks God in prayer. And so in the next chapter, and we're going to be dealing with a lot of this later, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says they devoted themselves. And then we're going to talk about this later, and these are very important. The apostles' teachings, fellowship, the word kononia, very important that we understand fellowship is actually a spiritual thing. And then uh, to the breaking of bread, part of that is talking about even the celebration of the Lord's Supper and communion. And, but the last thing, oh, we're not able to, okay. So the last thing is that we were able to devote it to prayer. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to prayer. And so what can we learn from the early church about how they approached prayer, how important prayer was to them, and then the results that came from that? You know, it, it, the reality is that I don't want to. I don't want to always just focus on that we prayed, but I want to focus also on the results of our prayer. Because if God's people pray, there should be results. And one of the things that we we have to make a priority among us, because we see this so commonly in Scripture, is getting back to not the old-fashioned way of going. Anybody got a testimony? You know, because then somebody's going to say. You know, usually they get you give them a, uh, an opportunity to give a testimony. They give the same one that they've given for 15 years. Well, you know, because I remember in the church I grew up in, there was this guy that was in Normandy, and he was on the beaches of Normandy. The first time he told me that he told that testimony at church that I ever heard it, it was pretty powerful. But about the, you know, 15 years later, and he's still telling the same testimony, you know, go like, uh, we've heard that one. But what God wants us to understand is that testimonies should be what God is doing right now. What has he done now? How can we, uh, put, you know, give glory to God for what he's doing? And sometimes we just move on to prayer and prayer, prayer but we don't talk about things that are very significant. I, I was thinking about this this morning. It was just a, 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 about two months ago that we were in a prayer circle over here, and uh, uh, Chris and, what's Chris's wife? 
Yes, we're, we're praying with us, but they, Hunter, my son, is sitting over there, and he needed a job, and he didn't, you know, he was, just things weren't working out, and doors were closing, and things were falling through. Well, anyway, the Lord just opened a door this week, and he got a job, and they asked him how much money he wanted to make, and he told them, and they told him way higher than that. And so, and, and these are, these are God answering prayers. And, and these, these, are the, these are the things we should talk about. When God touches our body, when, when, when we've been healed, and when you know, God is answering our prayers, we need to celebrate that. Why? Because it brings glory to God. It gives glory to the Lord. And so this is so earmarked by the early church is that they were prayer people. They were prayer. And so from the very inception of the early church, they've devoted themselves to prayer. From the moment that Jesus left the planet, they devoted their lives to prayer above everything else. And I, I remember uh, years ago, somebody said, what do you want to put on your tombstone someday? And you know, all the arrogance can come out and go like, all these great things. And the reality is, I want to be known as a man that prayed. And the reality is knowing people in my lives that are Christians that have impacted me and I've seen change the world are intercessors, are people that will pray and seek God. And so from the very beginning, the primary focus and foundation was prayer. Now, one of the crazy things, if you look in the Bible, it speaks of prayer like crazy. It, and in the book of Acts, it's over 30 times that the, that the subject of prayer was talked about. And it's talked about in the book of Acts more than any other place in the Bible. The book of Acts provides a recorded history of the vital role of prayer that it played in the lives of the disciples who are completely dependent upon God. In fact, prayer precedes almost every major event in the early church. Every major event where God moved and revival broke out and, it, you know, Acts 8 where they go to Samaria and everybody starts getting delivered from demons. What always preceded that was prayer. That people were praying and because of that, we see the evidence of God. Prayer precedes the feeling of the Holy Spirit, multiple healings, bold preaching, and comforted the church when they were being persecuted. If we want to improve our prayer life, it might be helpful to look at the book of Acts. You know, it was, it was reading this funny joke the other day, was talking about that there was a church prayer meeting going on and there was three guys arguing. And, and, and during that time, there was an electrician that was coming in and he was working on the lights and he's hearing this argument. Where one of them said, if you want to have a powerful prayer, you get down on your knees and you seek God and you get, you know, get in that place of posture on your knees. The other one said, no, 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 you have to stand up and stretch your arms out to, to heaven because that's the only way you're going to have a powerful prayer. And the other guy said, no, no, I lay down on the floor. I put my face into the dirt. And there in that posture of, of submission is where the most powerful prayer. And the electrician's over there working on the lights, and he turns around. He goes, all of you are wrong. He said, last year, I was up on a telephone pole, and, and my cable slipped, and I fell, and I was dangling, and I was upside down, hanging from the telephone pole. That was the most powerful prayer I've ever had. <laughs> so it all has to do with where, where is your heart at? What, when you, I mean, you're going to pray when, you're, when, you're, when that's happening. Think about even the desperation moments of your life. 
I remember when uh, Hunter was born and he wasn't breathing. It was a pretty bad birth. And, 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 and immediately you go from this moment where everything's great until you're praying. And there is a desperation of prayer. I remember getting a call from Afghanistan when my youngest son was blown up in a, in a uh, suicide bomber and, you know, didn't know his extent of his injuries or anything at that time. How many know I went to prayer? It wasn't anything else I could do, but I could pray. But how many know prayer is everything? It is powerful. I love how Bill Johnson always says when somebody goes and goes, well, there's nothing left we can do but pray. And he just responds, has it come to that? You know, like that's what we should have done first. That, and uh, I was, it, it, a stupid joke I was thinking the other day. We pray because we know God hears us. And, there, and there's results of that. But this uh, silly thing I was reading, it said the new atheist uh, prayer hotline. You call and it rings and rings and no one answers. But how many know we have somebody that answers? God answers and we know that. So I just kind of looking at this and I'm going through the book of Acts and, and seeing what prayer was for and how it impacted them. Acts chapter 4 they were assembled together in, in one place and the place was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and then they went out of there and they spoke the word of God in boldness. And what I, what I love about this is everybody thinks, well, they ha that happened in Acts chapter two. How many know you need a outpouring and refilling of the Holy Spirit, not just a one time will do you. It, it's, you need it continually. You know, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it, it says being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that word filled is a, in English, which is, I'm not very good at English, but, <laughs> but in English, that is a present perfect tense. So it means it's always, well, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit now. Now, when, now. So I need that every day of my life. And the reality is that people that, you know, they try to live on past glory and past feelings when we need present feeling. And I love, if you study the, the, the book of Acts chapter four here, they, they've been persecuted. The church is like, you know, been, everything's been thrown at them. There's been uh, uh, Christians that have been captive, uh, taken captive prisoners. They've been killing Christians and everything. And they get together. And what do they do? They seek God to be filled in the midst of all that's coming against them. And I know that all of you live in a world where the enemy is always bombarding us. How can we survive in this? How can we be strong in this? Is that we come in a place of prayer to get refilled. The next thing is during a time of crisis. In, in Acts chapter 12, uh, Peter is taken prisoner and he's chained between two guards in the prison. And what, what, is happening is outside at, I think, Rhonda's or Rhoda's house. They're praying, and they're praying for Peter because of the situation. So what this crisis of Peter being captive, and even James, if you read in the beginning of that chapter, he got his head chopped off. And so they're in the midst of crisis. So what do they do? They seek God, and they, and they seek for God to intervene in the midst of that. And most of you know the story in Acts chapter 12 is that during that prayer meeting, actually a knock comes to the door, and it's Peter that's there. And a little girl comes and opens the door, and she runs back. It's Peter, and they go, you know, you know yeah, we got to go back to praying now. You know, instead of like what we were praying for, God's already answered it. It showed up. And so in the midst of crisis, we pray, even at the moment of death, is that, 
you see with Stephen, he's being stoned to death. He's literally giving up the last breaths of, that he's going to have. And what does he do? In the midst of being stoned to death, he's praying for those that are murdering him. He's praying for them. And in the midst of that, I love this story, is that it says the heavens open and he could see Jesus at the right hand of the Father. How many know, one of the things like if we made prayer and we, we even raise our children sometimes to think prayer is boring, but the reality, yes, there's a discipline of prayer and every time you pray, it's not gonna be just, you know, fireworks, but the reality is there is times when you are praying that God actually shows up and it is a lot of fun. It's extraordinary, it's powerful. And, and sometimes I've, I've been in moments of intercession or prayer, especially in corporate settings, and some of the most incredible spiritual encounters and experiences came in those moments. Why? Because God is encountering us, and it's really cool. It's really good. So even at a place of death, so the early church, they prayed, and the two driving forces to everything they were about, one was the Holy Spirit, and two was prayer. And the reality is that they actually prayed being led by the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit leads us to pray, then we know the mind of the Spirit, that we are led by the Spirit, and we are praying the will of God from the Holy Spirit. That's one of the things in Romans chapter 8, it says that when you pray in tongues, you don't know how you should pray, but the Holy Spirit knows exactly how to pray. So you are praying the perfect prayer because you don't even, it's not coming from anything of your mind or of your will, but of the will of God. And, and so, it's, isn't it amazing sometimes how our flesh even gets involved in prayer? We're, we're praying what we want. You know, I remember that little story where Johnny was real, uh, being, you know, real bad, misbehaving, and mom said, you need to go to your room and, you know, pray about this and come back, don't come back until the Lord deals with you. And he, so he comes, he goes and prays and comes back to mom. He said, well, I'm glad that you prayed that, you know, the Lord would help you with your misbehaving. He said, I didn't pray for that. I just prayed that the Lord would be able to cause you to be able to handle me better and deal with me more or something like that. And so... <laughs> And so it's so easy for us to get our flesh involved in prayer and that we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so uh, if we want to see a, a move of God, we've got to pray individually by, by, by ourselves, have personal prayer time. I spend uh, usually around 300 miles a week in my work car, and so that's a holy sanctuary in that car where I can just pray and seek the Lord. And sometimes I'll, I'll go 100 miles and don't even remember driving. I don't know if that's good or not, but, uh, but just a place of prayer. But then also I believe there's something very significant about corporate prayer. And, then the, and we're just even praying to see how God would cause us to intervene in that or, or how to apply that into our lives and to our church. And then every great move of God is preceded by prayer and fasting. Remember, Jesus was being confronted by the Pharisees when they said, well, how come your guys aren't praying or are, are not fasting? And he said, well, you know, I'm with them. I'm, I'm giving you the hillbilly version of it. I'm with them. They don't need to pray because I'll be here, you know. But when someday I'm going to be taken away, and then they're going to have to pray and fast. And so we see that right off the bat is the early church. They began to pray and fast, and we need to make that a, a regular part of our, our lives. It says about the Apostle Paul, he was in faith fastings often. Say often. <laughs> so we probably, some of the, we could, yeah. Anyway, what God does through you, he first does in you. 
And then he works through your prayer. So when I pray, what is God doing? He's dealing with me. Isn't it amazing how when we pray and it's in the flesh, we want God to deal with everybody else? <laughs> okay. But when, when we're, we're praying, God is actually wanting to deal with us so then that he can then flow through us. And is that is, it's significant that we spend time in prayer and in the word of the Lord. So the early church prayed in the upper room before Pentecost. The early church prayed on a regular, ongoing basis after Pentecost. You can't have Pentecost or the power of Pentecost without prayer. The early church was a church devoted to prayer, and they maintained daily prayer. They prayed through persecution in the midst of their trouble, in the midst of everything they had to go through. Prayer was the main staple of their lives and how they maneuvered through it. And they prayed to speak the word of God with boldness. And they prayed this. They prayed that God would heal and perform miracles and signs and wonders. Acts chapter 3 verse 30. They prayed these things would happen. And that's what we need to pray for. Now, a lot, a lot of things uh, can be the reasoning. Why are we not seeing miracles like we should? You know, I, I believe a lot of it is because flesh is taking credit for stuff in the past, right? But the reality is that when we pray, we know that it's not from us that any of these powerful or good things happen. It's only because of him. But when, what we have to really believe together as a, a, a body, as a, as a church, is that when we come together, that one of the main things that we come together for is to pray. And when we pray, we should believe that God is going to do something. He is going to move. He is going to answer, and that we expect, we live with an expectation that miracle signs and wonders will be evident among us because he gets the glory for it. Amen? So in the early church, the, the church leaders focused on prayer and the ministry of the word. The early church prayed over young men and, and women, ordaining them, sending them out. The early church prayed uh, and forgave those that persecuted them. The early church taught prayer, uh, prayers, uh, prayers of repentance. The early church, they prayed for miracles and in possible situations. And the church prayed regularly, daily. The early church listened to the Holy Spirit. And this is so important because a lot of times what we think that prayer is us always talking instead of also remembering that one of the key parts of prayer is listening, is hearing from God. If not, it's a one-way conversation, right? It's just you talking, but instead of you listening. And the reality is that God can say one word and it can change everything. You can hear one word from God, and, it, and I can pray a multitude of thousands and thousands of words, but God, when he says one word, if I'm listening, I will mix my faith up some, with that, what I'm hearing. You know, a lot of times I can go away from prayer, and it's not like you question, was that God? You know, but in that moment, when you encounter God, you know his presence, and you know the Holy Spirit, and you're listening, God will communicate something to you. And often what you are to do is to act on what God just said. And that is why prayer is so important. So we must listen. And then what we see in the early church is they listened and they did not hesitate to obey the Holy Spirit when he said something. The early church prayed in the midst of all situations. They listened to what God said. You remember, I, I, I love even the story of Paul when all of them were telling, don't go to Rome, you're going you're to get killed. But Paul knew he was supposed to go to Rome. 
you know, even though that he knew what, the, what was going to happen when he got there. But so can you imagine how we can interpret? Because they, these other people were hearing from God too, but they interpreted, you better not go to Rome, right? So it's not, it's hearing what God says, understanding by the Holy Spirit and acting on it. And sometimes when you do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, other people around you think you've lost your mind. That you're crazy or you've lost, you know, there's a screw loose up there. But the reality is that the power of God and the will of God comes as we hear and as we obey. And the church, as a church, when we gather together, we are to pray and commit our lives to prayer and fasting. The early church prayed and fasted. And, and they did it when they, when, when they needed the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The reality is, even as a church right now, all the things that, the, uh, that you've been through, as a congregation, as a church, even all the things that the world's been through, going through COVID and all those things that have been results of that. What do we need to do in this hour? We need to pray as a congregation. Why? Because we need the guidance of the Holy Spirit to know what is next in the agenda for us. Individually, yes, but also corporately. And, and God will tell us what to do, right? The early church prayed to discern the will of God in the midst of all circumstances. The leaders of the church were men and women of prayer. The clear witness of the final part of Paul's life is that he obeyed the Holy Spirit no matter what the cost. In Acts chapter 21, we see, you know, he finally is led to Rome. And later we know in history that he was actually martyred for the Lord. And, and sometimes the will of God is not what we always think is, as victory. But how, no, how many know it doesn't matter what anybody else interprets it or sees it in the natural. God is a God of victory even when the world doesn't see it. It's in that place of obedience to the Lord in Stephen's death, in James' death, and ultimately later in Paul's death that even though that they, they, this life it ended, they, they ran the good race, they fought the good fight, right? They, they, there was laid up for them a reward because of their obedience to the Lord. So um, three results of prayer in the early church. Uh, the place where they were meeting was shaken. How many know where we meet needs to be shaken? I know you can't muster it up, you can't energize it up, you can't make it, you know, flesh, but we need our life, our congregation, our church to be shaken, and it's in that place that is only going to be shaken by the Holy Spirit when we're praying. The second thing is we're going to get refueled by the Holy Spirit. Did you know you can be refueled, refueled, and refired on a regular basis? And uh, the, the world sucks, is, sucks it out of us, but God then puts it back in us. And then we're going to speak the word of God with boldness, meaning that we're going to ha have not only boldness to say what he wants us to say, but to believe that God will perform the, the, his word in, among us, and we'll see those results. So when the early church, when they started praying, they acknowledged, first of all, they acknowledged the power of God. Verse 24 of Acts 4 his great example, it says, Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. So when they came to prayer, they, they focused on who God was, how powerful he was, how above everything else that he was and he is, and that he's sovereign. The second thing, they continued by affirming the truth of the scripture as they saw it being fulfilled in their life. So they, they confirmed the word 
and they, they spoke the word with boldness. One of the things that we're doing uh, with our prayer and fasting that the four squares doing is, is declaring the word of God, praying the word of God. And even often it, you see in the book of Acts is they, they would pray back the word to God. Not, you know, this isn't like God needed to remind it, but that we are speaking the word of God here on earth connecting to heaven. They quote it in, uh, in the book of Acts. They quote it in Acts 4. They quote it Psalms 2. Back to God in prayer. They applied those verses to the situation that Jesus faced, um, that Jesus faced when governmental leaders opposed his ministry. Why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand the, and the rulers uh, gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. So what were they doing? They were praying back the word of God in the midst of the situation. So when we know the scriptures and we make it a part of our prayer life, we're declaring the word of God in releasing the Word of God up on the earth. The third thing, they asked God for boldness to continue preaching the good news. In Acts chapter 4 verse 29, it says, now Lord, consider their threats and enable your servant to speak your word with, with great boldness. They didn't say, Lord, take all the threats away. They didn't pray that. They didn't say, you know, kill the persecutors, Lord. Get them, you know, strike them dead. They didn't pray that. They just said, Lord, give me more boldness with everything that's coming against me, with all the opposition, that I will speak the word of the Lord with boldness. So all of that saying, this was the, the, the blueprint of the early church. And I don't think there's any other verse that kind of gives you the mandate from heaven of being a place of prayer more than Isaiah 56. And it says, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. How many know that God really wants to, to pour out joy on you in the midst of, of the time that we come together on Sunday morning? I, I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, to be over examining or critical in any way. But if we're coming to the house of the Lord and we don't leave with more joy than we came with, then there's an issue, there's a problem. Because everything in this world is trying to make us depressed, to destroy us, destroy our mind, our relationships. And when we come together in God's presence and we, we're in that place of prayer, there's the outpouring of the joy of the Lord that we are empowered. The joy of the Lord is your strength and that we are empowered as we leave. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted upon my altar. And here's how it ends. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. And Lord, what we do is today, we, we take the challenge that you're giving us. This challenge to, be, to come back to our roots. And Lord, I know that even... There's people here today that remember how they really sought you and had just a committed prayer time in their lives early on in their walk with you. But God, they, they've got away from that. And Lord, I just pray individually, in, even within the homes, that moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and even the uh, children, that prayer would be a regular part of the homes of these families, God. Individually, with among the family. And then, Lord, what we do is we say, this is a beautiful building that you've given us to come to and gather in. But God, beyond the natural, beyond the what we see, the exterior here, God, we pray you would make this a house of prayer.
above everything else, God, make this a house of prayer where your joy is poured out, God, and that heaven and earth are shaken because, God, we come together in prayer to seek you. Often, Lord, there's thousands of people that can meet together on Sunday morning and it's prayerless. But God, what we say is that we are going back to our roots individually and corporately and that we're making prayer the priority, devoting ourselves to prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Would you just lift your heads to the Lord? Just be in His presence together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Drawing upon Him, we could acknowledge we don't have it. He has it. Jesus said of Him, His own life, He said, I can't do anything in my own self, but the Father does it. It's that deep sense of reliance. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. This is a powerful understanding. There's two things that I feel resonating with Todd and and the Word today. One of them is embrace the foundation. Sometimes we just need to acknowledge our weakness and confess where we're off. There's no condemnation here, but there is a drawing of the Holy Spirit into a deeper walk in faithfulness to Him. This whole service has been about shifting things that have been clustered up of the world, of the flesh, of the devil, removing that from us. The other part is the fire. The Holy Spirit's fire. Your life has never been more full of the passion and joy and freedom than when the fire of God is upon you. Lift your head. Say, Lord, give me a fresh Pentecost, a fresh filling. Let the fire, fire of God come. Let the fire come upon our heads. Let the fire blaze in our hearts. Let's go ahead and pray in the Spirit, guys. Let's stand together. Just pray in the Spirit for a bit. 
Let's make it a house of prayer this moment. I feel like the Lord is calling us. He's calling us. He's calling us. He's saying some of us have allowed other people to carry the, the load. And the Lord says, how about you now step up and allow because I've grown your spirit. I've put you in a place where you turn and pray with people on Sunday morning. Let's go ahead and praise him. Press in. Press in. Let the fire of God, let the fire, His passion for you, come upon you now. There's some of you, you, you have felt lonely, and the Lord's saying, I'm going to remove the loneliness. I'm going to cause you to feel a joy and a communion with me that you've hungered for and you haven't had. I'm going to give it to you. That's the fire, the fire, to come and rest upon you to come and rest upon you. Some of you, your, your minds come under things, and when they come under things, and you feel you're all alone, you have, you're isolated, you don't feel like you can do it. Jesus says, I'm done with that. The fire coming upon you. You'll lift up your heart. You'll know that things are better because the fire of God is causing your heart to touch God and touch heaven and touch the release of what His, His Spirit wants to manifest through your life. Let's praise Him right now. Praise Him right now. Praise Him right now. In Jesus' name, we come against all condemnation. Every bit of it. Every bit of condemnation. We come against it now. In the name of Jesus. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord with me. Praise the Lord. For the Lord is not condemning us. The Lord is wooing us. He's wooing you. He's wooing you to a deeper place. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I command every critical spirit, every, every, every critical judgmental spirit that self-imposed says, I'm not good enough. In Jesus' name, I come against that because it's a wooing relationship. It's a deep desire the Lord has. It's not about performance. It's about receiving the love of God into your life. Spirit of God, fall fresh fire. Burn all that out. This is not a rigorous religion. This is a relationship with the one who loves us more than anybody else. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, let the Spirit of God come in here. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Pride promotes comparisons. Let's just repent of that. Repent of that. Because there's a way that God has anointed, I feel strongly in my spirit, there's a way that God has anointed you to be with him that's not the way I do it. It's the way he is your way with him. And it brings joy to his heart, the unique way that you come before him. Would you open to that? Open to that. Say, Lord, I'm going to quit judging myself on comparing myself to anybody else. I'm going to be your kid, your child your son. You'll now just go ahead and praise him. There's release in this. There's release in this. There's release in this. No more words that judge that you're less than in Jesus' name. It's all empowered by the Holy Spirit. Your desire to be with Jesus is the key. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Come on now. You great grip here.
Yeah, during worship, God was doing a work of purity. I saw angels in the room sweeping over people's feet, wiping off the dust. You talked about that. And then as we went into um, the Lord washing feet, I saw angels wrapping each person in white linen and the Lord saying, I'm bringing purity right now because there's actually been a demonic assignment on the first couple weeks of the year of perversion to twist because to pervert means to twist to twist the things god's told you even with and we know there's sexual perversion but even um dreams and plans and the lord's just saying no i'm coming in i'm wiping i'm bring i'm bringing the purity i'm having the angels sweep your feet i'm washing your feet it's not a work of your own flesh it's not a work of your own righteousness it's let me wrap you in the white purity and as todd was saying coming into the sanctuary and being filled with joy I saw the Holy Spirit just begin to shove off a concrete slab of heaviness of rejection of self-condemnation all the things you were praying with and I saw in our hands we had these archaic tools they were like you know hammers but they're just blunt and they're just heavy and there's been so many people worn out because the Lord has had assignments but there's been these heavy awkward tools and the Lord just was taking those and saying I'm taking the heavy things I'm taking the tools and the assignments of the past and as I've given you new assignments for a new year there comes an upgrade in the technology of the spirit there comes the tools that are detailed and fine and they're surgeons tools and they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they look like they weren't even from this earth they were from the heavenlies and so the Lord right now is saying the Spirit of the Lord says I'm empowering you for every assignment that I've given you with a lightweight the technology of heaven my perfect ways that just that heaviness and weariness of the past of how do I trudge through and do what God's asking me to do he's bringing a fresh empowerment now as in the ministry this morning we need to just continue partnering the holy spirit's Hallelujah. moving let's go ahead and just pray in the spirit yeah, some more lift your heart say i receive that lord i receive this i receive that he's shifting he's taking away the heaviness he's removing it there are subtle things that come and build up over they cluster up over a period of time jesus says i'm taking it away i'm taking it away i'm putting a new spirit of of freedom in your life praise you jesus Let's go ahead and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and pray in the Spirit some more. Praise you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. The Lord is a good shepherd, and he's leading us beside some still waters right now to bring deep refreshing. Deep refreshing. Deep refreshing. As, as Emmy said, there's been a labor, a call, an assignment, and it's that the things are shifting. And when things are shifting, there comes uh, adversarial uh, moments to try to distract, disturb, discourage, do all that. He's cleaning all that out. The Lord's cleaning that out. He's cleaning it out. Hallelujah. There's a lightness. The Lord says, come, follow me, come, follow me, come, follow me. Hallelujah. He, he's not going heavy. to allow the enemy to twist the things that were twisted in the past. When he says, I make the crooked place straight, it's straight. 
Yes. And so every past demonic assignment that's been coming against you, it's just a distraction because the Lord has made it straight. It will stay straight. So I just feel the Lord saying, have that faith to trust me in a very deep, new, deeper way. And he's giving out this year a gift of faith like we've never experienced before. If you'll receive it, he's giving you the faith. It's not a work of your flesh that any man would boast, but he's putting gifts of faith so we can receive that now. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just one more time. Lift your head again. One more time. May tongues of fire come. Tongues of fire come out of heaven. Fresh work of the Spirit of the living God come upon us in Jesus' name. Let a baptism of fire come in Jesus' name. Pastor Todd, the Lord just, you're going to tiptoe and dance and leap through the gardens of God. There's a speed that's coming upon you that's a Holy Spirit, natural speed that you're going to just fly through the places that God, I just see it's like almost like a, like, was that Pastor Todd? Just in the spirit, you're going to be zipping around and there's going to come a joy upon your life that is just like everywhere you step, gardens are going to bloom. There's just um, a really something special that God's doing with you. So I just Thank wanted you, to Jesus. say that I saw in the spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, and there's a thick cloud of, of glory, the clouds of darkness, uh, that um, the fear of the Lord, the swirl of glory around the throne. Uh, you cry of your heart as Lord, I want to know you more. Take me up higher. He's saying, yes, this is a part of that and uh, you're going to experience the glory and the thickness and the fear of the Lord in a, a much deeper deeper way and uh, you've been marked before the Lord says you're going to be marked like you've never been marked before that there is more there is more and the Lord's just right now bouncing that around to each each person that said that's my heart's cry saying that that the marking isn't done Right now, if you want to be marked for the Lord this year, like you've never been marked before, just reach up your hands. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. There's coming a surrender of the faithful. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. That is, you won't have to do it. You just surrender. You're going to find yourself doubling over, surrendering in the spirit. You're going to feel right now, the Holy Spirit's coming on some of you to give you an unction and anointing for prayer in response to what Pastor yes. Todd is saying. He's coming upon you right now. You're going to feel, you're going to, you're going to not, you're going to be standing and the Holy Spirit will come on your belly. You'll, you'll bend and you'll begin to pray and prophesy and pray, speak the wonders of the Lord into being in this year. Hallelujah. Open to that now. Let's go. Spirit of God, fall, fall. Let the let the anointing for as Jesus is the chief intercessor. Let His anointing come upon us. He's praying for us. Let Him come upon us now. He saves to the uttermost. Let those uttermost prayers fill our hearts. No more doubting. The spirit of faith. The spirit of prayer. Praise you, Jesus. 
praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 There, there's a pregnant us. Uh, there's a, 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 a sense of the fullness of the revelation just spilling up. You, just open up your own heart because the, there, there are prophetic things that you have had. There's been requests that you've held before the Lord and he's releasing the answers and in, in, it's not just the answer. He's releasing something in you to have dominion over the answer. It's a new day. It's a new time. It's a new. It's a. It's not. Not you're asking him to do. He says, "I'm going to pour into you my capacity for dominion over this situation that you have been asking me for." Let's go ahead and praise him for that. He is saying, "I've given you dominion. I've given you. I've anointed you." There's a new level of partnership this year. As a new level of partnership in the Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. We're stepping literally. We're stepping out of an old way. We're stepping into a new, a new way. In the, I don't know if the way is the best way, but a, a fresh, a fresh, a fresh way, a fresh empowerment by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Each of us know that there's uh, when, when we're called to a certain discipline, we, we go back in our minds to the memory of what we used to, and we think you know, like how I would, wasn't all that good at it, and all that kind of stuff. The Lord says, no, that has nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. What I'm doing is I'm breathing out of my he heaven's throne into your spirit, and you're changing. And that doesn't matter. The past doesn't matter. Failures don't matter. Nothing about your comparison of the past. None of that matters. You're being buoyed into, uh, lifted up. The Holy Spirit wave coming. It's like catching a wave. It's like check, you know, like a surfer on a board. And you get on the wave and you go because there's an empowerment by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody lift your head up and say miracles, signs, wonders, wonderful wonders, wonders of the Lord. I'll just declare that over your children. Wonders of the Lord. Over your family. Wonders. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, behold. All things become new. Fresh life, fresh life, fresh ones. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord has deposited some things in your hearts and in my heart. I have a journal. I write it down. Connie, you have wisdom. You know what we're doing. You know what you're doing. Make sure that nothing is that's imparted is stolen today. Lock on. Amen. 
There's more. This is the beginning. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. This is more.